Well, obviously, uh, I'm not Pastor Alan Shelby. So he and Delana are out of town, and so a welcome break for them. And I want to thank Pastor Shelby for asking me to preach this message because um, I've, portions of this message, the text, I have used before at another location. And so the pastoral team thought it would be relevant for me to speak about this message based on our pending move uh, to the Artemis location. So I'm Pastor Dave Hill. I'm the care pastor here at Harvest, and such a blessing to just to be, stand before you and, and share with you God's word. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go right into our message. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just give you all the praise and glory. We thank you so much for the opportunity to stand in this, con- in this congregation, Lord, and to preach and teach the word. So thank you so much for those that are here, those who are watching uh, on television, on the Internet, wherever they're watching. Lord, I pray that you bless them also. We pray for it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So my title this morning is, Give Me This Mountain Moving Forward. Give Me This Mountain Moving Forward. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, turn to Joshua chapter 14 and also Numbers 13 and 14. So Joshua 14, 12 says, Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake, in this day, in that day. So this morning I want to talk about a man named Caleb. But before I do, I have some questions for you. And I want to know, do you believe that we serve an awesome God? And if you believe that, tell somebody near you and your neighbor said, I serve an awesome God. So have you been serving the Lord for a while or maybe you just began to serve? Your faithfulness is quite evident. Could it be that there have been times where you question where you are or were in ministry? You question yourself, but then maybe you question God or at least in your heart and mind, the thought was there. What area do you want me to serve, Lord? Has it ever crossed your mind that you were or are struggling to see where God wants you? You've seen signs of frustration where you wonder how you fit in. There is no fruit. Your desire desire to disciple or go through discipleship is questionable. Personal expectations, family issues, unmet goals are all giants in front of you. On another hand, maybe you can look back and see the promises of God. And you have not let go of his plan for your life. You're willing to say to our pastor, to the leadership, Give me this mountain. Here's my big idea. Regardless of how long you've been serving the Lord, or if you just started, you must desire the strength and heart for ministry today to move forward. In 2024, we will move forward and possess the land on Artie Mize Road. I want to challenge you today to, to take on a courageous character and move forward with no fear, regardless of the giants that Satan or your flesh will place in front of you and us. You see, it is trust that makes a difference. As our pastor follows God, we will follow with him. 
Charles Stanley said this, trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Let's look at the life of Caleb and examine how we can continue to build on our own character qualities and glean the type of boldness that Caleb started with and maintain through his life moving forward saying, give me this mountain. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, in the examination of the backstory on Joshua, Caleb and Israel, you will find the hill city called Hebron, uh, an impressive landmark. In Genesis 23, we find Abraham buying a cave of Machpelah from Ephron the Hittite. That cave of Machpelah in the city of Hebron is the burial place of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebekah, and Leah. You see, in God's sovereignty, Caleb was adopted into the tribe of Judah. He had inherited the land that those patriarchs and matriarchs were buried in. Hebron was a mountain that Caleb wanted. Christ our Lord is from the line of Judah. He is the lion of Judah. He was willing to take on the cross, a huge task. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, if you want the mountain, then be willing to identify with the cross and sacrifice it all for him. Moving forward, take sacrifice. Look at Numbers 13. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. You see, the Lord God told Moses to send 12 men, one from each tribe, into the land of Canaan to search out the land because he promised it to Israel. One man was Oshea, whom Moses changed to Joshua. Verse 16. Caleb was also one of the twelve. Caleb was a 40-year-old man. He went with strength and encouragement. Here's my key thought number one. The question is, do you desire to deserve the Lord, to serve the Lord, regardless of the opposition? To serve him. The books of Numbers and Deuteronomy gives us the backstory of Israel coming out of, his, out of slavery in Egypt and moving toward the promised land. Moses' command to the 12 men in Numbers 13 was to spy out the land and go up into the mountain. Numbers 13.25 tells us that the 12 returned after searching the land for 40 days. Ten of those spies were afraid of the occupants of the land and could not see Israel being strong enough to take the land. You know, many of you went over to the Artemise location to spy it out. Preferably, you came back with a good report. You see, 10 of those spies that came back from Israel had negative words. Key thought number two, the mere thought of strong ministry opposition will either cause you to run from challenges or to run into them. Numbers 13, 27, and they told him, Moses, and said, We came into the land whether thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit up thereof. They saw beautiful fruit, milk and honey. But look at Numbers 13, 28. It says, Nevertheless, they change. The people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, 
we saw the children of Anak there. You see, those ten men, they saw giants there, the son of Anak. The problem was that the people focused on their own strength rather than the power of God. You see, it's God's sovereignty that we are moving to our demise. You know, there are missionaries and church planters who have gone into areas that many Christians would not even think about going to due to danger or strong opposition. But this Artemise location is only one mile away. We cannot be afraid of the challenges of he- ahead. Numbers 13, verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are a- well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Let me show you a picture of a, a guy who I disciple. That short guy right there. His name is Foots Walker. I took him through discipleship. He's posting up against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem is seven foot two. Foots is only six foot. And we went through discipleship, and it was a beautiful time because he played in the NBA 10 years. And he was not afraid to go up against giants. And maybe I was a giant to him because at one point I was going through some situations at home. And I said, "Ah, I'm praying that God would just make this person miserable. (laughs) That's what I said. And I said, rain on their parade. And Foots looked at me and he said, man. You took me through discipleship. And in lesson number six on prayer, that is not what you taught me. (laughs) He said, come on, man. I've gone against the giants and I'm going against you. I'm telling you, you're wrong. And I said, man, you're absolutely right. I'm wrong. And I went home and every day I got on my knees and I prayed Psalm 51 back to the Lord. Because I'm no better than David. God is not a respecter of person. All of sin had come short. But he was willing to, to stand before a giant. Here's my key thought, three. The way to move forward is to begin with a confident attitude. Foots had a confident attitude that he could score against a seven-foot-two man. But God is greater than any opposition, especially when we hold on to his promises. You see, Caleb saw that the power of God would be manifested if they had faith and would overcome any giants or walls if they went into the land to possess it. The Israelites' faith was weak, so weak that they wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua. Their lack of faith would cause them to wander in the desert for 40 years. The sad part about it is that Joshua and Caleb had to be among them and listen to their murmuring and their complaints. That had to be tough to be among a group of people who found nothing positive from God. Israel chose to reject God's promise. You know anybody like that? They're called toxic people. There are churches or ministries where people complain and look at faults instead of the promises of God. Those churches are still stagnant and not producing fruit for the Lord. Caleb said, let us go up. I'm going to wake you up this morning because I need you to say, let us go up. You see, when you get confirmation that God is directing your steps in ministry and you fail to move ahead courageously, it's called a setback. While the land flowed with milk and honey and fruit, there were obstacles that included walls, giants, and strong people. 
Numbers 14.37 tells us that those 10 men who brought back that evil report was going against, were against going into the land. They later died of a plague. Key thought number four, a church without viable discipleship and mission ministries will wander in the worldly desert and produce no fruit. That's not us. That's not Harvest Baptist Church because we are excited about evangelism. We are motivated toward missions and we are dedicated to discipleship. Here's my main point number one. Moving forward is remembering his promises. You see, Jesus made a promise to the thief on the cross. Today shall thou be with me in paradise, Luke 23. So let's pause right here and let's celebrate the Lord's Supper. Here's my key thought number five. When we allow ourselves to be broken, we can understand the virtues of biblical forgiveness. As we participate in the Lord's Supper, I want to remind you that before Jesus willingly moved forward to the cross, he met with his disciples in the upper room where he told them to love one another as as he loved them. As long as they did that, the people around them would know that they were his disciples. If they loved him and kept his commandments, he promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 13, John 14. I don't know about you, but as I partake of this last Lord's Supper of 2023, I can sense that there's something about mountains that our Lord wants us to see and identify with. You see, Caleb wanted that mountain of Hebron. In Matthew 17, we find Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up to the top of the mountain of transfiguration, where they would not perceive that he was preparing them for his coming death on Calvary. On this mount of transfiguration, his face shined as the sun and his raiment as white as snow. At some point, Moses and Elias appeared there talking to Jesus. They were in the company of holy men on holy ground. And then God speaks out of the cloud saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The book of Luke said that they were heavy with sleep. When Jesus touched them, they only saw Jesus only. He told them not to tell anyone what they saw. They got a glimpse of Jesus in his glory, and it was a preview of the future which had to come through his death and resurrection. That's why he said, tell no one the vision. Peter would later write about this mountaintop experience in 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21. You see, the correlation of mountains and the power of our Lord makes me committed to move forward and to help make our next step to RDMIs successful. Let's all make this a mountaintop experience, one that our children and you will remember. Jesus Christ, our Lord, moved forward and took ownership on that mountain called Calvary, the hill of Golgotha, Matthew 27, Luke 23. However hard it was, Jesus obeyed his father and he embraced that cross on that mountain. You see, as we prepare to move forward in 2024 to a new facility, New challenges, new sacrifices, experience new victories. Let us partake in the Lord's Supper with brokenness. Moving forward to the RDMI's location should encourage us to be broken, to be blessed. You see, Caleb knew what it was like to be broken. He had to wait and endure the murmuring and complaints of Israel while they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Why? Because they did not trust God. They did not follow him. Don't let unforgiveness get in the way of you taking the Lord's Supper unworthily.
1 Corinthians 11, 26 to 27. It says, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. You see, we observe two ordinances here in this church. Baptism by immersion, and today we celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper as a church together is a constant reminder of Christ's death on Calvary's cross. The Lord's Supper is an ordinance for us to have a means to keep us individually and as a church pure and separated from the world. A way to identify with the broken body of Christ on the cross is to be broken in our spirit and in forgiveness as we partake in the Lord's Supper. You see, worthiness is based on the examination of any unconfessed sin in your life as a believer. So let's give this over to the Lord. I'm going to ask the two deacons to come forward as we prepare to do our elements. You see, identifying with and remembering his broken body should drive us to make the necessary sacrifices to be free from the chains of bondage, the chains of addiction, free from the chains of marital issues, family drama, and anything keeping us out of fellowship with our Lord. There are churches that practice closed communion where not all can participate. We practice close communion where if you're saved and you identify with a church of like faith, we invite you to join as we prepare to participate in this Lord's Supper celebration. If you did not receive an element as you came in, please raise your hand and the deacons will make sure that you get one. First Corinthians eleven twenty three says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So as you receive those elements, peel open the top with the unleavened bread inside. And wait for me to give you instructions to eat together. You just peel off the top there and pull off the unleavened bread. Deacon Tim Brogan, would you lead us in prayer? This thing on. Hello? Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Um, Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Um, I pray that you... uh, Help us to remember, Lord, that we celebrate this bread. Help us to remember to uh, we do this in remembrance of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Eat ye all of it. First Corinthians eleven twenty four, and when he had given thanks, he break it. And said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, just do in remembrance of me. Now peel back the other side with the juice and wait for me to, to call us to partake together. First Corinthians eleven twenty five to 26 says, after the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Deacon Rich Huber, would you please lead us in prayer?
Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, as we come now to partake of the cup, we remember your sacrifice. May we never forget the terrible cost of our sin, which was paid for by your blood. And may we ever be thankful for the eternal life that's in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Drink ye all of it. Thank you, Deacon. He did that for us. And so what I'm asking you today is to take on a courageous attitude to say, give me this mountain. Be willing to move forward. Turn to Joshua 14. Let's look back at Caleb. Joshua 14, 6 says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Japuna, the Kizanite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. You just need to know this and understand that we have to trust what God has said in his word. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. You see, we can faithfully obey God's word. And Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You need to know this today, that God keeps his word. He keeps his promises. People will fail us. Not God. Not at all. Joshua 14.7, he says, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. You see, Caleb was 40 when they spied out the land. Remember, they were in there 40 years because of their distrust. You know, you're never too young or too old to look at the fields that God opened your eyes to. Make this move forward to the Artemis location a personal challenge. That's what Caleb did. You see, although Caleb went out with 11 other men to spy out the land, he speaks to the children of Judah in the first person. He took the task personally. He says, 40 years old was I. He said that I brought Moses' word, and the word was from his heart, not the others, his. Joshua 14, 8 says, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. In other words, they turned the people's heart away from it. He said, But I wholly follow the Lord my God. Is that you? Are you willing to stop listening to toxic people? He said, they shouldn't be moving. No, God opened the door for this to happen. And we're moving forward. We're not looking back. You see, moving forward is about your heart's attitude. Those are the words of a committed servant. Speak the word with conviction and never waver or fail. It's not about others. It's about you following God's word. It's about you wanting to see Harvest Baptist Church build on its pillar of truth in the community, in the country, in the uttermost. Key thought number six, when you make ministry about your personal relationship with the Lord, it does not matter what negativity others bring. It's about having the right heart attitude. Joshua 14, 7, he said, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. He took it personal, in mine heart. Caleb was given a position with Joshua and 10 others. 10 of those men came back afraid and had no vision. 
Only Joshua and Caleb were confident that they could take the land. Caleb told Moses what was in his heart. Caleb had a big heart. A big heart can have a huge impact on your moving forward. But not having a heart for ministry will stunt your desire to move forward. You see, you can develop a large heart for ministry by aligning your heart with the, with the concerns of God's heart. First Samuel 16 says, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. What's in your heart? How about that commercial? What's in your wallet? What's in your heart? He knows. Building on the emotional aspects of your heart can be beneficial to you, your family, and your ministry. Moving forward is being willing to take on positions that will help us build our local body of Christ. Don't allow the past to define you. You know, I mentored a young man named Gary Dumas, who he's an author and he does a, a lot of workshops. He wrote a book called Present Your Best Self. And this is what he wrote. He said, the only way a person can let go of what is behind is because he or she is convinced that there is better, greater, and bigger on the way. The person who honestly believes that his or her best is yet to come is a person who operates at his or her highest level in the present, unquote. But here's the Bible. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Point number two, moving forward, is realizing your principles. Regardless of the world's perspective that are often based on perception, you must maintain and stand for clear biblical principles. The ten spies perceived that they could not take the land. They did not have principles that included trusting in God. We should have the attitude that regardless of the challenges at the new location, you will realize that we will be successful because we will trust God. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. It's, it's vitally important for you to know that your desire, if it's gotten weak and you allow distractions to keep you from totally following the Lord, you will hesitate to move forward. It could be your flesh. It could be toxic people. Anyone who's thinking negative. But here's my point number three. Moving forward is reclaiming the promises. Joshua 14, 9 says, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land upon whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb, wholly followed the Lord. Moses told Caleb that because of his faithfulness in following the Lord, he and his children would inherit the property in the promised land forever. You know, one of the most exciting things about stepping out in faith in this move forward is that your spiritual, your financial, and emotional investments and commitment in following God will pay huge spiritual dividends as you sacrifice. Here's what Caleb said in Joshua 14.10. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. And he said, these 40 and 5 years, ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, 
while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. You add that up? He's 85. He's 85. Point number four. Moving forward is retaining God's power. Caleb is now 85 years old. Look what he says in Joshua 14, 11. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Clearly maintaining strength for 85 years requires commitment to our health. Caleb was confident of his strength to take the promised land. There are people in this sanctuary today who are over 85 years old. And they are faithfully serving the Lord. What's our excuse? You see, you can't say, well, I don't want the rapture to come because I want to experience all the things that you old people did. No. Look forward to his coming. Because there is no problems in heaven. It's beautiful there. Because he's, he promised us that. So when we go to Artie Mize, look forward to saying, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of seeing young people grow and become leaders. And they can become 85, 90, whatever. But you look at the fruit that's being produced. That's what's going on. Point number five, moving forward is reaching for your passion. Joshua 14, 12, he says, Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. That's personal, as the Lord said. You see, Caleb took these tasks at hand personally. In verse 13, he said, If so be the Lord with me, then I shall drive them out. That's a personal commitment. You know what? David said to Goliath, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hands. He didn't talk about his brothers and all these other people. He said into my hand. That's what he said. That's the commitment each one of us should make moving forward. Make it personal. Joshua 14 verse 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Japuna Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, as promised, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Japuna, the Kenzanite, unto this day. Why? Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. You see, if you want to move forward, then you must be willing to say, give me this mountain. Caleb had a passion for the hill country. He had spied the land before and was not afraid of the men of great size. Instead of complaining and murmuring like the Israelites, Caleb's spirit was one of obedience, gratefulness, and victory. You know, 45 years is a long time to wait for the promises of God. You know, many of us came here in 2012, and so that's been a while. But there were some of you who were here before we got here, and you've been waiting patiently for God to, to expand. And what, you know what? God has done that. He's listened to your prayers. And now we can, we can work together as a body of Christ to do the things that God would have us to do. The key to it is his faith. Caleb remained faithful to God to fulfill his promise. He never allowed those around him 
to discourage him. You see, if you want to move forward, you need to recharge your faith. Hold on to the eternal purpose that God purposed in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3, where it talks about glorifying God by Jesus Christ through his body, the church. Because we walk in the spirit and preach the gospel to the world. If you do that, you're moving forward. Here's my key thought seven. Sustaining faith is asking for that mountain. A willingness to climb it and claim it for the Lord. Caleb's faith gave him strength to wait on the Lord. Psalms 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. God can get our attention by making us wait. Are you willing to wait on God to give you what he wants to give you? You see, there are people in the Bible who waited on God. Joseph waited on God, and while he was in prison, he continued to minister When Paul was in prison, waiting on God, he wrote scriptures that we read today. If you're going to say, give me this mountain, you have to be willing to wait on God and stay focused. My slide says, give me this mountain. You have to be willing to say that. You have to get on board and say, I want to be a part of this movement, this mountaintop experience. My slide says, if you want the mountain then be willing to sacrifice it all for him. Moving forward takes sacrifice. I know you've been quiet this morning. I don't know if I'm convicting you. I don't know. Maybe I'm boring you. I don't know. But either way it goes, you need to say, give me this mountain. Amen. You see, there's nothing wrong with looking back at where you were as you were moving forward. My father in the Lord, Dr. S.M. Lockridge of San Diego, he's in heaven now. He put it this way. He said, Paul took a look back and Paul said, I've encountered conflict at Antioch. I was smuggled out of Thessalonica. I was hounded at Berea. I did not make a good impression in Athens. But then Paul said it this way. He said, we are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Brother, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press for the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, Philippians 3. You see, moving forward is not letting toxic people discourage you. Moving forward is taking the blessings of God and paying them forward. Moving forward is knowing that the investment you make pays huge dividends into the lives of the beautiful children, young people and all. Moving forward is an investment into your personal growth. I will say it to you, when we look at what God has done for us, we have to say, Lord, thank you. I say thank you, Lord, for opening the doors for us to continue to worship and serve in a larger facility. When you look, at back, look back at where we've come from, we have to say thank you. I want to move forward, do you? You see, we are the body of Christ, and I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with people who are so toxic that they don't see anything. But then I have to say, okay, don't forget what Foots told you. Pray for them. And I have, to, I have to read my Bible and be consistent with that and say, you know what? If I want them to be blessed, i got to pray for them. And we have to work together. As a body of Christ, we work together. 
When you look at the land, what do you see? Caleb saw God's promises when the others saw giants. If God be for us, who can be against us? I challenge you to take on the character of Caleb. No fear of what is ahead. When you take on the hearts like Joshua and Caleb, would you do that? Or will you be fearful and take on the hearts of the other ten spies? Are you ready to build a biblical legacy? Ready to move forward? Are you ready to move forward to already my... You see, don't let deception, disappointment, discouragement keep you from moving forward. Someone once said it like this. Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. I don't know about you, but I'm not going back. I'm moving forward. I see blue skies, not a thunderstorm. There's a place for you on that mountain. Are you ready for that mountaintop experience. The song says, not going back, I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you, my past is over. I'm in you, all things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. That's my challenge to you. Are you ready to move forward? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to move forward with us as the body of Christ. And we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you don't understand all this, the Christian life. We'll help you with that. We have discipleship. We have all the things, the tools that's there to, to help you to grow. But for some of you who've been serving the Lord for a long time and you've been sitting in your wonderful chairs, it's time to get up and accept this challenge and say, give me this mountain. Because I want it. I want to be like Caleb. I want to make it personal. He didn't care about the other ten. He was saying, I want this. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, today is the day that you can accept him in your heart. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in thy heart that God has raised him, Jesus, from the dead. And then thou shalt be saved. God is inviting you to join his family. We observe the Lord's Supper. We remember his death on the cross. The agony of that. He did that for you and I. The worst thing we could do is sit back and do nothing. That's the best Christmas gift you could ever get. The sacrifice on the cross. So God is inviting you to join his family, the body of Christ. Make today the day that you move forward with Jesus. Every head bowed and eye closed. If you don't know him, pray this prayer with me today. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I want to be in your family. I confess my sins to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The altar counselors are coming up and they are here to assist you. If you still don't understand the whole salvation message, the prayer part, they will be here in the front. They can help you to understand that. Maybe you want prayer. Maybe you want to join our church. But it's, it's awesome to know that God has given us a Savior. Do you want to just join our church? Do you want to be a part of us? Come on up. We'll give it to the praise team.